happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This week on your favorite soap operas, it's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your favorite daytime stars. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, of course, Dan Kroll. And March is a really big month at SoapCentral.com. Of course, every March we announce the winners of the SoapCentral.com Awards, affectionately known as the Dangies. And for the first time last week, we announced some of the winners live here on the air. If you missed last week's chat with All My Children's Jordi Villasuso and General Hospital's Carolyn Hennessy and Julie Marie Berman, you definitely want to hit up the archives after today's show and take a listen. You can do that by visiting SoapCentral.com slash radio, but don't do it until the show is over because there's a really good hour coming up. And of course, if you haven't yet voted in the All Soaps edition of the Dangies, hurry up and head on over and cast your votes at SoapCentral.com slash Dangies. March is also special, though, because it's the anniversary of SoapCentral.com. On March 23rd, 1995, the SoapCentral.com site began and just to give you an idea of how that ranks in terms of internet longevity, MSNBC didn't start until the following year. Google will turn 13 this year. And Amazon.com, like SoapCentral.com, will mark its 16th year online this year. But uh, March, to me, I guess, is also special because my birthday's in there. And I do want to thank everybody out there who took time to tweet or Facebook or email me birthday wishes. It really is amazing for me and it's such an amazing feeling to know that so many of you enjoy the work that I've put out there into the soapcentral.com site over the years but it's not just my birthday that gets me excited it's the fact that I know that every year now we have something of a tradition here on the show and it means that I have the great pleasure to speak to someone who not only shares my birthday and a passion for the world of daytime television, but she's also someone who I admire for the amazing charitable work that she does. Of course, I'm talking about four-time daytime Emmy nominee, Jackie Zeman. Jackie, welcome back to Soap Central Live. And thank you so much for having me. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you, a little belated, but, you know, better late than never, I suppose. Well, you know, when you get to a certain point in life and you're blessed to have Family and fabulous friends is like the birthday that doesn't end. Just it just goes on and on and on for like a week long and lunches and dinners and constant celebration. So, yay! <laughs> you no, know, you're ab- you're absolutely right. And, and I'm just thinking about uh, the dinners now. I'm trying to think if there's anybody yet who I haven't had a birthday dinner with to try to extend this out <laughs> a couple more days. <laughs> is this 
that nice, though? Doesn't it make you feel, you know, so connected to your friends and the people that you care about? You know, it does. I have to say that I wasn't really one who went crazy to celebrate my birthday growing up. It wasn't that it had to be the big celebration, or I don't even think I did anything for, for 16, 18, or 21. I just like the fact that there are certain people who are close who will acknowledge, you know, hey, I'm so glad that if it were not for today, you know, you wouldn't be such a part of my life. Uh, that's what makes it special. It's just that little acknowledgement, I think. That's how I feel. And in today's day and age with, you know, modern technology and emails and all that, I mean, it's, it's just really nice that people can send you an email, people can call you, and the ones that are, like, you know, geographically close, you get to go out and see them. And it's not so much about, you know, celebrating your birthday because it's about yourself. It's about realizing, you know, who the important, wonderful people are in your life. That's the, and that's what you're grateful for. At least that's how I felt all week, such gratitude. I think the gratitude also comes from knowing that they say that as you get older, it's harder to make friends. And I think that having people in your life is so important because you mentioned the technology. Sometimes I think people get very isolated by the technology because they think that everyone is just a, a couple of key taps away and they lose that personal interaction. Yes, and also with mass you know, technological communications, people can type out, you know, a sentence or a paragraph and whack it off to, you know, 400 of their closest friends. <laughs> That's not really connecting. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure if this will be a good segue then, but it's been a year since we last chatted, so let's get caught up. What has Jackie's even been up to since uh, it was March 5th, 2010? Let's, let's go down the road here. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, a lot has been going on. Um, uh, first of all, I would just like to say that coming up in um, April, for those of you who are on the listening, who are on the West Coast, I will be at the um, the Westin Bonaventure Hotel for the Romantic Times Book Fair. And I heard you mention earlier that Carolyn Hennessy was on. Uh, Carolyn will also be there with me. Uh, Sherry Anderson and Eileen Davidson, as well as, you know, a million other people. But, but we specifically, the four of us, are going to be on this panel, uh, Secrets of the Soaps. And it's on uh, Friday, April 8th, from 1.30 to 3. We'd love to see, uh, you know, you there, if, if um, any of you can make it at the Westin Bonaventure Hotel in Los Angeles. And then again, uh, I'll be there again on Saturday, uh, judging a panel, a little contest uh, for Mr. Oh. Romance. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> wow. Great fun from 5 till 7 in the afternoon. <laughs> well, I'm going to make sure that all that information gets up on the website. But you know what makes that even more special is all four of the people, of course, yourself, Carolyn, Eileen, and Sherry, that you've all been guests on the show. So what better way to get out there for the folks who've listened to the show regularly and, and meet in person the folks who they hear on the show? Yes, it'll be really nice. And we'll get to have one-on-one, -on -one, you know, conversations with the fans, anybody that wants to come. We'll be talking. We'll be taking questions. Um, it'll be very relaxed, you know, not formal. It'll be just very relaxed and very one-on-one. -on -one. And I love that. I just, it's yeah. my favorite thing to do, you know, to, uh, to have it be a two-way communication. So that's coming up, and um, I'm looking forward to starting soon on The Bay, the series, uh, which is, uh, those of you, uh, you're all, you know, your listeners, Dan, are all soap opera buffs, so they probably know what The Bay, the series is, but 
just in case. Doesn't. It's thebaytheseries.com. It's an internet soap opera. It's really good. It's really fun. And um, I'll be playing Elizabeth Stevens, the mayor's wife, working with Nicholas Coster, which should be loads of fun. Uh, Gregory J. Martin is the uh, uh, producer, director, writer. You know, he's kind of like a one-man whirlwind of talent to put together. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I have some shows that will be coming up. I haven't shot them yet, and I haven't even gotten a script yet, but they're coming up, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So, um, And then I've been, just doing, I've been doing a lot of work with my Gabriel Project. As you know, I mm-hmm. love my Gabriel Project. You know, the, we um, bring kids over from Africa who are in need of life-saving heart surgery, so I continue to work on their behalf. And I've also been spending time working with um, Jane Alyssa. Um, there's a somewhat new, well, not really new, maybe it's 12, 18 months old now. It's called Hats for Health. Uh, we raise money um, uh, mostly for the Leukemia Society, for leukemia research, Hats for Health, and it's a wonderful, wonderful organization. Uh, and we, you know, have hats. Anybody who's interested can just go on the Internet, look up on the website and see what we have to offer. Um, and they're beautiful. They're beautiful yourself. They're beautiful as a gift. And the whole idea started because people who have, you know, cancer, sometimes the women lose their hair. So the whole idea of coming up with beautiful hats so people could still feel pretty and have something as a gift, that's how it started. And then women just started buying them because they loved them and, and they wanted to wear them. And it's just kind of snowballed into this terrific, terrific organization. And we've been able to raise lots and lots of money, which, as you know, in today's economy yes. is a challenge. And so I'm for any of you who have bought one of our hats for Hats for Health, I want to say thank you very much. We, we appreciate it, and your money is being put to uh, good use and good cause. One of the things I love to do on the show is to be able to bring awareness to a lot of these good causes. And I do know, you mentioned with the economy not having recovered fully yet, there are some folks out there who want to help, but they may not have the extra cash to do so. For people who are listening who may be in that situation, what do you say or what do you recommend to them in how they can help make a difference even if they can't do it monetarily? Give your time, give your energy, give your ideas, give your creativity. You know, there's, there's all ways of helping. Um, and I, I think the most important thing in life, you know, somebody said to me one day, and it really made an impact, and it's so simple. You know, if we, have, if we, look, if we had a crystal ball and we could look forward to the last, you know, three, four, five minutes before we're going to pass on and, you know, and die from this, from this life, what would we think about? And nobody's going to sit there and go, gee, I wish I'd been at the office a couple hours or longer. I wish I'd, you know, um, <laughs> you know, got a little more of that kind of stuff done. It, what it's going to be about, I wish I could have shared. I wish I could have had more time with the people I loved. I wish I could have some, done something um, productive to make a difference, to have been helpful uh, to someone else. And I think that in life, you know, we all go through different chapters. We go through times when we're working really hard and we're making enough money, so it's easier to give money because we don't have time. Then we right. go through times in our life where money might be a little tighter and maybe we don't have the money to make a donation. But, you know, you can show up at an event. It, it, you, can, you can, like you were talking about, Habitat for Humanity. You can get up on a roof and, you know, build a house. Mm-hmm. You can, you can, there's all kinds of things you can do, uh, locally or nationally. And it feels really, really good to contribute. And sometimes I think, too, people forget that you can even do something as simple as checking on an elderly neighbor to see if they need something from the grocery store, to see if 
you know, they need anything done around the house or just to say hello. Sometimes there are folks who are in their home who don't get that personal interaction and just a, a simple drop by to say, hi, how are you? And a chat can make the world of difference for somebody, too. Absolutely. And that, those are the best ways because it's one-on-one and it really is personally making a difference to someone. That's a beautiful thing to do. And there's always, you know, there's always ways you can go to your local library. Um, sometimes they'll give you an opportunity. You can read to the elderly. You know, people, sometimes their eyes go and they can't actually read themselves. They want to be read to. Or even for the younger, for the kids, the little kids who can't read yet. You know, they have little reading groups where you come and read. There's all kinds of fun, wonderful things to do. So depending on, you know, whatever your passion is, I say go for it. Just jump right in and, and have some fun and do some good. Well, speaking of doing good, that provides a good little segue to one of the things I thought we would try to do today. As we mentioned, the last time you were here, you used to be one part of a uh, talk show sex advice type of program. And I thought it would be interesting to put your experience and my craziness to the test and invite callers and listeners to call in and see if they have any sort of dilemmas that they need resolving or advice on relationships or jobs or pets or whatever. Uh, so I thought that maybe we could invite some folks in and we can try to help them through whatever's going on in their world. I think that's a great idea. And sometimes, yes, sometimes it's for advice. Sometimes it's just to talk about what's going on. Because I think by, you know, it's a funny thing in life when you're able to um, communicate and say what it is that's going on. And sometimes it's actually easier for some people to do that on a radio show such as this because they have they can have an anonymity and not people have to know who they are but they kind of put it out there and you get feedback from that and it also helps to create clarity when you have to verbalize something and actually put it in words instead of just yes. letting it roll around in your head you get better clarity it brings you closer to finding a solution because you can be really clear you know it's problem solution but you have to clarify what the problem is before you can find a solution <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you're absolutely right sometimes i think in saying it it helps you sort of think more about it. When you're speaking and saying, you know, this is that, 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 you're like, oh, wow. You Sometimes you can sort of answer your own question. But let me give the number out there so folks know where they can call and get our almost expert advice. It's 866-472-5788. It is a toll-free number, 866-472-5788. But before we do that, I have a question for you, Jackie. It would be... Which do you think is harder, giving advice or seeking advice? Ooh, well, there's a two-part answer to that. Seeking advice, you've got to be very careful that the person you are seeking it from does not have an agenda that will be affected by the outcome. Because that sounds like a soap opera. Because up for, you know, an answer that's not going to particularly help you. Yes, um, giving advice always, you know, it, it is, I have a rule. I have given a lot of advice in my life, but only when I'm asked to give it. You know, you've got to be really careful not to give advice. If somebody's not asking you <laughs> your opinion, don't give it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, the, and the part B to the answer to, of my answer to that question is when you give someone advice, um, you do take a certain amount of responsibility you know, yes, I believe in free will, and, and everybody has the, the choice to take the advice or not take the advice, but when someone is searching for a solution, the fact that you give advice is, is definitely going to be, um, you know, it's going to be out there, and it might influence that person to, to kind of 
go with your go with your advice and head in that direction. So you want to be really careful that you do it responsibly and you do it with um, some knowledge and some experience and mm-hmm. and love, you know. And there love. are some people who uh, prescribe to the philosophy that you shouldn't ask a question that you don't want an answer to. But I don't know that that's necessarily the best with advice because certainly you may be well-intentioned with your advice and if it doesn't go or someone takes it, they can come back to you and say, well, you told me that I should you know, wear that hideous blouse or I don't know, it's the first thing that came to yeah, my head. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden then you're the bad person for, for putting your advice out there. So how do you, how do you weigh that? Um, well, you know, that's, <laughs> there's not a whole you could, lot you can do about that. I I live my life, and this is one thing I always t- taught my children as they were growing up, and I still say it now. I will never, ever point a finger of blame at someone else and say, my life would be different if you would behave differently. My life would be better if you would behave differently. Because that's so not true. First of all, that's giving away your power. Um, you know, we are all responsible and in complete control of what happens in our life. Now, that's not to say there aren't times when we are forced to react to something that, you know, we, we did not initiate. But you may not be able to control what happens to you, but you can always control how you feel about it and what you do about it. That's, that's really a good point. I think that sometimes in all of that, we try, we don't really aren't receptive to the whole thing and don't realize, you know, really how to put it forward, but not only that, but to also, when you get the advice from someone, sort of what to do with it that, you know, you mentioned earlier that you do it with the best of, with love in your heart. And I think that you have to remember that, that for better or for worse, someone who really cares about you isn't going to lead you down the wrong path. Absolutely. And, you know, there's no uh, big guru out there. Nobody has all the answers. Nobody knows the answer to everything. You ask someone for advice, it's simply that. It's advice. It's their perception. So much of life is perception. You know, Dan, it was funny. I was talking with a friend of mine. His name is David Heverin. We've been friends since we were in uh, sixth grade, uh, you know, elementary school, uh, <laughs> back in Bergenfield, New Jersey, when we were kids. And we were having a conversation. The other, actually, he called me to say happy birthday. And uh, I, I asked him um, as we were talking, I said, David, if you had a crystal ball... And someone told you you could look into that crystal ball somewhere into the future and see, I don't know, 60 seconds to five minutes of something that was going on any, any, in any time period ahead of you. Would you do oh, wow. it? And he said, no, I wouldn't want to know. And um, he emailed me this morning. I opened up, I turned on my computer and I, I read my email. And what's on there is, so as we were having that whole conversation about perception, I never, I never got a chance. We hung up, and I never got a chance to ask you if you would look at, you know, would you look in the crystal ball to see? Hmm. So, you know, I, I emailed him back that um, up until about two years ago, I would have said yes because I naturally have curiosity and you know, <laughs> would have thought that would be really cool. But at this point in my life, my, no, I would not. And my reason why I would not goes back to what we were just talking about a few minutes ago, is that, one, I believe in, in free will and the ability to change and have the power over what's going on, and so much of life is perception. And that perception or your reaction to something, um, you know, if taken out of context, 
or you don't actually, you can see something, but just because you see it, even as you live it, you can be in a relationship with someone. You know, there are two people in a relationship. One mm-hmm. person can have one complete perception of what's going on in the relationship, yes. and the other person can have a completely different idea about the dynamics of that relationship, <laughs> what's good, what's bad, what's going on. And that's where, you know, couples counseling and therapy comes in. If you, if you put two people in separate rooms and you ask them, okay, what's the story, you're going to get two very different perceptions. You make, yeah. you know, the string of events the same of what they say happens, but the feelings and the emotional reaction and the reasons for things and the agendas and the, um, the results that a person gets from, you know, what they've put into the relationship and how they feel about what they're getting back is totally different depending on which one you're talking to. That's why it's the interpersonal communication skills are so important because you need to be able to express that. And when someone says that maybe their perception of the situation is totally different than yours, you can't erupt. You have to sit and say, oh, my goodness, you know, I see I, I don't see it that way. But let's try to get to a mutual understanding and a mutual place where we're both sort of at least closer to equal footing. Absolutely. We have a caller. Uh, we have Liz from Ohio who has sort of a very interesting question. I, I want to hear her uh, put this out there. So, Liz, welcome to Soap Central Live. Thank you. Happy birthday to both of you. Thank you, Liz. Thank you. What is your question, Liz? Well, I work for Soap Central, and I'm, I'm a contributor, and one of my biggest fears is talking on the radio. Mm. So Dan, you know, he invites me on the show, but I'm so terrified. So I thought <laughs> I'd ask you, Jackie, what do I do to get over this satellite radio fright? I think you're doing it. I think the fact that you, you have a fear of talking about it and you're willing to, you know, pick up the phone and go on anyway, it's called face your fears and do it anyway. Oh. And you just did. <laughs> I feel like I'm sitting in a dentist chair right now. Wow, thanks a lot. <laughs> in life, I think any time when you're afraid, like for years ago, I used to be afraid of heights. Uh-huh. Um, I'm still not thrilled about heights. You know what I mean? Like if I'm, I mean, I could live in a high, on a high story of a building and go outside, but I don't, I don't like relish the thought of like leaning over the terrace to look down, you know? Mm-hmm. I didn't used to like Ferris wheels when I was a little kid. I didn't mind speed, but I didn't like a Ferris wheel like dangling in the air and rocking in the car. Mm-hmm. So when I was, I don't know, around, I don't know, in my late 20s, I took up parachuting um, with um, Sam Behrens, who, who uh, was my TV husband for a while in General Hospital, and we became friends, and he was, you know, flying a plane a little bit, and we started parachuting, and we were jumping out of the planes, and it totally, I did it because I, it was terrifying to me, the thought of it. It was also exciting, but it taught me that heights are nothing to be afraid of. Hmm. So, you know, you essentially just did the same thing when you say you're afraid to, you know, you're not thrilled about getting on the air. It's like, uh, it's scary to you, the fact that you're doing it anyway. More power to you, girl. Oh, I think it's great. <laughs> So, you know, I have to say, I am a huge fan of General Hospital. That is my, the soap that I love. And I love you on that show. And I wish we could see more of you. Thank you so much. So Liz, when I are we going to see that. Bobby again? You know, I don't know. Uh, the character has pretty much not, not been on for quite a while. Um, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. I, I, I don't know where the storyline is right now or or wh- where they're going, what they're doing. I- I've heard that there were a lot of changes going on over there with uh, people getting hired, people getting fired, things right. moving on. So, you know what, that's a question. I, I have no idea. 
definitely going to check you out on the bay. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate that. Oh, thank See, you. See, that wasn't so bad, Liz, was it? Yes, actually, it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're laughing, though. You're laughing. Vodka <laughs> after you sound like you're having fun. Oh, Lord. Okay, well, <laughs> hopefully we'll be able to get you back, and you won't think of me as a dentist. That's not a slight against any dentists out there who may be listening. But thanks, Liz, for calling in. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> you know, Jackie, I have How to fabulous. say, though. She's fabulous, Dan. I, she's terrific. <laughs> she is. But you know what I have to I have to let everybody know out there is I'm often nervous right up until the point that my guest will come on the show. Because, you know, you, when you do something live, you don't know if someone will show up for sure. You don't know if you're going to ask someone a question and they may just provide one-word answers. Uh, you don't know if they're going to be drunk when they show up on the show. <laughs> so you true. never know. Uh, so I can relate to what she's going through. I mean, it's it certainly, uh, it, it certainly once it's out there, but I, I learned from an actress on One Life to Live, Florencia Lozano. She said, you know what? You could do a perfect job and somebody can still find fault with you. And who hasn't made a mistake in one way, shape, or form? You know, you do what you can. You do the best you can. And if you make a mistake, you just move along. You know, and I think we learn, we, we learn so much more from our mistakes and our failures than we do from our success. You know, uh, that's not to say it's not, you know, more fun to have success, but um, that's not what life is about. Life is about both ends of the spectrum. And uh, the things that are the hardest for us or the scariest for us are the things that we, we grow from and that make us stronger as we, you know, step into the, greet the challenge with an open heart and an open mind and do our best. And, yeah, sometimes we make mistakes. But that's why people need people. And that, you know, that builds character. So it's all good. It's all good. There's no, um, there's no bad or no harm, you know, coming to at least try. As long as you, I believe that as long as you lead with good intentions, you know, mm-hmm. you lead with a heart and, you, you do things and you make decisions for the right reasons, then you never have regrets. That's not to say you won't make mistakes. That's not to say you won't say, oh, I wish I hadn't gone that way. I would have liked it a lot better if it went a different way. But you'll never have regrets because if, you, if you're doing things for the right reasons, then you'll be fine. There's, there's a peacefulness to that, you know, there's a, and there's power in that, and there's beauty in that. I think that that was beautifully said. Uh, what Liz was talking about briefly, she was talking a little bit about General Hospital. I know there are folks who are tweeting right now wondering if we're going to talk about it, and we are, particularly a storyline that's coming up that's being really sort of buzzed about both on SoapCentral.com and elsewhere on the Internet. So we'll talk about that, and we'll be joined, Jackie, by a special guest. My mother will be joining us in the next segment. Are you ready for that? I am. Not only am I ready, I am so excited that your mother's coming on, Dan. I just think it's fabulous. I can't wait to meet her and talk with her, and she's, she's going to be fun. I can tell already. Oh, boy. So we're going to do all of that and more when we come back from these commercial breaks. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. 
If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. Hey, fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Wielding power, shaping environments and outcomes, and making things happen are all essential characteristics of great leaders. Yet these qualities alone are not enough to ensure your success. In a complex world, how do you decide what's most important to you? In your career, your relationships, your finances, your family, in the world around you, in the whole of your life at large. Dr. Joseph Riggio, the host of Leadership Intuition, says that personal leadership, the desire to take charge of your life, is the key to creating futures that work and building a life worth living. Join Joseph as he reveals the power of uncovering and living your own personal mythology, the key to personal transformation, exquisite performance, and social influence. Learn to look inside and discover your personal mythology and unique leadership style. Go beyond conventional advice and discover your unique success blueprint on Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Leadership Intuitions, power, achievement, relationships. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. I'm joined again by Jackie Zeman. Jackie, welcome back. Thank you so much. All right. I guess we've put this off long enough. As I mentioned earlier in the show, of course, my birthday was earlier this week, and that would not have been possible without the work of my next guest. I have no idea what that means, but (laughs) we'll work through it. It's my mother. Mom, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hi. How are you today? I'm good. So, Jackie and my mom are both on, and there's some storylines that I figured we would talk about out there, everybody, that have to do particularly with parenting. But before we get to that, let me bring you up to speed a little bit about my mother's history with the soaps. 
Mom, when did you start watching the soaps? Oh, many. Uh, <laughs> oh, I would say a good. You don't have to give years. You can just say when, you know, like if you were in school. That way we don't expose how old we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in, in school and got to watch it more when um, after you were born. I spend more time at home after I had you were born. So it's been many years. Gee, thanks. Wow. At first, I'm a dentist, and now it's many years that I've been around. This has not been well, a very Yeah, nice but that show. is a long time. That's a, that's a really nice allegiance that you've had. To, so what are your shows, Barbara? What, what do you like? Well, I am a big Days of Our Lives fan. That, um, that is my big soap that I watch. And then I do watch, um, we have Soap, um, soap okay. Net on our cable. And I get to watch. I watch some all my children, and once in a while I'll watch the others. But I also, which is now off the air, I used to be a big fan of Another World. Oh yeah, well that had a good long run. Yes, we miss it. You know, you know the soaps are changing so much. I mean, do you watch? Okay, do you watch? You know, because I see what I look at now. So much has gone reality. But a lot of the reality stuff, it's like it's soap opera. It's just real people doing mm-hmm. it. Do you watch so. any of those? Uh, yeah, I watch um, some reality. Which, what do you watch? Oh, my goodness. What have I? Well, I do watch um, Survivor at times. Mm-hmm. And I've watched Big Brother already. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's My Life. That's a whole reality series in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you mean my life, your life. Not, there isn't a show called My Life. You're talking about you. I'm talking Daniel, about me. Daniel's life. Daniel's life. That's what I thought you meant. Okay, I just wanted to make sure because there's so many shows out there. You know, I well see that. I love that you would say your life is like soap opera. Isn't that great? That means you've got a lot of exciting things going on. You yeah. know, yeah, it's it's crazy. Sometimes it's a little more bizarre than the soaps, but you know, certainly. When it comes to soaps, there is nothing more heartbreaking, and certainly in real life, than the loss of a child. And, of course, I'm sure, Jackie, that you've talked about the storyline many, many times, probably more than you can count. But for General Hospital fans, I think one of those storylines that's etched sort of indelibly into every soap fan's mind was the death of BJ. And I'm wondering, how did you first learn that the show was planning that storyline, and what was your initial reaction to it? Oh, you know, I didn't really know that they were planning it, because in those days, you know, uh, actors didn't talk to writers, and writers didn't talk to actors, and you you didn't really know uh, technically what was going on within the storyline, like where your character was headed in the story. We just got our scripts a few days before we'd shoot them, and, you know, so I found out that that storyline was happening like three days before we shot the scenes. You know, um, so I didn't. I didn't have time to think about how I felt about it. I do know that playing that storyline um, was the most. You know, it was so emotional, uh, so deep, and the, the um, feedback that I got from our audience, the people who you know love the show and watch the show, is that it was so real that it was really hard to watch. But at the same time, it was done as reality. You know, it wasn't done um, over the top. And it, it 
there was some good to that storyline. We also did a, uh, a connection with organ donation. Right. You know, because in those days, um, people didn't really know about organ donation, how you could save a life. You know, now, like, you go when you get your driver's license and you go to the yeah. DMV and you say, oh, I want to put, you know, they put the automatic thing on your license. Used yeah. to be, you had a, they used to give you a little stick'em thing or it was an extra little card you'd fill out and it would be, like, next to your license. It wasn't even attached. And mm-hmm. all of that has changed now as a result of it. And I think it brought, it brought a lot of that, um, because you've got to remember, that storyline was quite a few years ago, and things have changed radically since we, since we did that storyline. So um, I, think, I think the storyline was a good thing, and what, from what people tell me who know the show and love the show, uh, that it was one of the most, for them, one of the most emotional, important storylines and memorable storylines that the show has ever done when it comes to heartfelt love and connection you know, that a parent has for a child. And there are YouTube clips of some of the more powerful moments during that storyline that we'll put a link to that on SoapCentral.com slash radio so everybody out there can check that out. Um, I'm wondering, you had mentioned that you're not entirely familiar with what the show is doing right now. I'm wondering, did you know that it appears that General Hospital is poised to sort of revisit the BJ Maxey storyline coming up in the next couple of weeks. I don't want to give away too much for viewers, but I'm wondering if that was brought to your attention at all. No, I didn't know. So do you mean they're going to rerun old shows of the storyline or that no, they're doing a new storyline with different characters where that type of thing is going to happen? Yes, that the, the, the second option where it's going to be sort of a, a new take on that classic storyline. What is your, initially just hearing that, what is your, uh, sort of going through your mind at the first hearing that? Well, I think, you know, I, I think that, um, I think it will be interesting. I think, um, you know, those kind of things, uh, you know, you, you never know how that's going to go. It, you know, with what's going on in today's society, economy, a lot of people are having a lot of hard stuff go on in their lives. Um, it's, a, it's a hard thing to watch. Um, hopefully Absolutely. the audience will be able to take it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause it's, did you, when you was going through this for the first time, did you hear from anybody who ever thought that it was sort of unconscionable for a television show to kill off a child? Um, not, no, not that, not that anybody at least expressed to me, but I think most of the audience that watches the daytime shows knows that the actors really don't have any say in the writing. Right. So I, I'm not the person that probably a person would voice that to. Uh, whether or not that came up, I honestly couldn't tell you if the if the uh, you know producer and the writers had to deal with that. You know, <laughs> as a parent, I have to tell you in real life, okay. And and um, Barbara, I'll be interested to hear your take on this as well because we were talking earlier about what's you know what's really scary to you. Well, yes. one of the scariest things to me, without even realizing at the time was this empty nest syndrome that I'm going, you know, <laughs> am going through, have gone through in the last, my oldest daughter's 20, is now in her, you know, third year of college. My youngest daughter is 18, started college in August. So starting at the end of August, you know, when Cassie and Lacey, like, took off out of here for the, from the summer, they, you know, summer at home, all yeah. of a sudden, for the first time in my life, here I am sitting in my house by myself. By myself. Well, I, wish I shouldn't hard. say but I have Rufus and Lily, my two cats. But, you know, it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
And it was, you know, of course, with your kids, you celebrate. Oh, my God, I'm so happy. It's so, so exciting, all these new things happening for them. And it's, it's so wonderful. But at the same time, I was kind of looking right before that came and going, gee, how is, how is this going to be? Because it's a big transition. So how, how, how did you react to your, how did you react to that? When that I was, too? I was very, um, devastated, I guess that would be the word. I mean, it was, um, Danny and me for, for years, and all of a sudden, I'm sitting in this big house with, well, we had a dog. And um, I think I cried for almost two days because my, my baby wasn't here anymore. It was um, it was like hard to to accept. I got used to it, but I mean, I I was really um, I was really sad. And like I said, I I I cried. I think it must have been for close to two days because he he left home. You know, he he flew the nest. And uh, now, now I wish he would come back home more often. <laughs> but you know, they do come back. And here, here now, he has a successful radio show. He's doing all kinds of things. You know, very creative and well as good in business. And now you're doing a radio show together. You come yeah. on, you talk. How fabulous is that? And I'm very, very proud of him. You know, so isn't it isn't it interesting how and I'm you know relate this back to what goes on in the story in the storylines as well as what goes on in real life because I think television daytime television has always been a reflection of what's going on in today's society in real life and the wonderful thing about daytime TV is that you get it on the air in three days you know something happens they write the script three days later you're shooting the script it's not like nighttime or the movies where you shoot a movie you got to wait a year or two before it comes out in the theaters yeah. by the time they edit and yeah. marketing nighttime shows you know they shoot them a year a year before you ever see them daytime like daytime is like the news it happens it's on the air <laughs> and so you 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 see what's you know this reflection of what's going on in the country or a reflection of what goes goes on with people in their hearts and their minds and their souls and i think people really like that i think you know, over the years, having been on for so long, I, you know, I was on General Hospital practically every day for over 30 years. So I had a lot of airtime and a lot of great stories. And mm-hmm. people, the, the, the audience has a great allegiance. You know, they say, oh, it's my show. That's my story. You're my person, you know. People would, like, would, would write me letters and tell me they would naming their children after me and when my own children were born in real life they would knit me baby blankets and send them <laughs> to me as gifts from my, you know what i mean there's yeah. a true emotional connection there that lives on and when you're on a show for over 30 years that you know that's like a lifetime you and know, the people the viewer watching when dan was like little before he was born and then all the time <laughs> as he's growing up so you have an allegiance to your shows that goes on for a very long time and the people the characters and the storylines that you got connected to over the years you know, yeah. the subconscious doesn't differentiate between what's real and what's imagined. When you when you live through something, even as an actress, you live through something. You play a storyline. In the, in the subconscious, it becomes real. The subconscious doesn't say, "Oh, this is real or this is not real." You know, this is just an acting scene, and then the real thing happens. It all it all goes in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it affects it, it affects perception. So you know, going back to what Dan said earlier about perception. You know, he's asking me what I think about the revisiting the BJ storyline, having them do it over again and go back on TV. 
I can't speak to that because I haven't actually seen what's going on in the show recently, so I, I don't even have, like, maybe the listeners have an idea of who the, those characters are that that's going to happen to. Do you know, Dan? I do. I just, uh, and I think probably everybody listening knows anyway. It seems to have been everywhere on the Internet. Uh, oh, really? But for folks who maybe who don't know, uh, and I can tell you during the break, uh, <laughs> but for folks who don't know, I don't want to sort of... Because you're not, re- I understand, in your position, because you work with the shows, you can't really say until something is announced. I understand. Yeah, so... But, but, um, so it'll, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that goes and how, well, how the audience reacts. And I, one thing I will say, I think it's, I, I personally am very happy that General Hospital is going to do something that is personal and heartfelt and about relationships and about people because that is character-driven, not mm-hmm. much, you know, more character-driven than plot-driven, because I personally, that's what I love about soap operas, and that's what I loved about General Hospital and having been on General Hospital all those years. And so I say, you know, that's a good thing. I like, I like to see storylines that are moved forward by character more than plot. Well, moving forward with characters, there's something that we don't see on daytime that both of you have in common, and my mother probably hasn't heard it enough, but none of the soaps really show the struggles of being a single parent. And I think for a lot of people out there, they sometimes forget how hard it is for a single parent and the sacrifices that those single parents make for their children every single day to help them get to where they are later in their life. And I know that there was a time, and this is to show you how generation uh, has changed, I, when I was younger, was embarrassed that I came from a family, from a home where my parents were divorced. And I know Jackie and I know Mom, I know that I've told you before, when I was younger, I I said that I was sort of embarrassed. None of my friends at that time were from parents that were divorced. And it was, I mean, now it's probably the other way. Now you're probably looked at kind of crazy if your parents are still together. but I understand the sacrifices that were made. And to you, Mom, I, I want to say thank you so much. Uh, if it were not for you, I wouldn't be doing anything that I'm doing today. So in case you haven't heard me say it before, thank you, and I love you. I love you, too. You're going to make me cry. Oh, <laughs> that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Well, to make me like, cry too. I just welled up. <laughs> but you know what? In saying that, in seriousness, the soaps, there's really no struggle to. I mean, it's certainly it's great on the soaps to be able to see someone who's a single parent. You know, they have all of their many generations of long lost relatives that are there to help them out. But I don't know of a soap that has in any recent memory shown that sort of struggle. And that's something that maybe it's too realistic for viewers. But that's something that I think so many people can relate to in that there are struggles involved when you have to sort of go it alone. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, they started to show that um, right before, oh, this goes back some years, but right before, in General Hospital, um, when, uh, when Bobby had Luke, when Lucas was on. And, uh, you know, Bobby was was a single mom and raising Lucas, and then it, it came out that Lucas came out and said, announced to the world, you know, that he was gay, and they had the scenes where, you know, he talked to Bobby about it. I had so many 
young men and middle-aged men and men in their, like a lot in like their 20s and 30s who came up to me just personally, like I'd be out, oh my God, those scenes were so good when I came out, you know, when I was a teenager, I didn't want to, you know, people didn't know and I was afraid to come out and, you know, just the way you played those scenes, it was, I mean, talk about reaction. I had probably more reaction to that storyline than anyone I've ever had, that people actually would walk up to me and tell me things. And mm. that, that was kind of amazing. And they just started to explore that, um, about what that was like with the relationship between Bobby and Lucas and him telling her the whole thing. And mm-hmm. then it was, all of a sudden, Lucas is off the show, the storyline is stopped, we never mention it again. Uh, the Bobby character was rarely seen after that. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, where is she? What, what, what happened to her? I think somebody said occasionally you'll hear uh, people randomly paged over the loudspeaker at General Hospital, but uh, they really haven't said a whole lot about where Bobby is, have they? No, no. And they just don't mention Lucas, and they don't mention any of that. It's like it never happened. So it's odd, you know. Obviously, somebody had a meeting. Somebody didn't want it on, <laughs> you know. Um, you know. Producers, new yeah. producers come in. They have their own ideas about what's going on. So maybe it's just as simple as that. But um, well, I, I found that really interesting because when you say, "Yeah, they didn't want to deal with the single parent issue, and they didn't want to deal with the the gay issue, and they didn't want to deal with the fact that Bobby had always been, you know, a romantic character and a career woman, but was trying to balance work and fear, and then all of a sudden, none of that. Goodbye." Speaking of dead, 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 goodbye, apparently my mom's call dropped, so we'll keep talking until she comes back. Oh, um, she'll be back. back. We, we, you, you can't keep her away. She'll be back here. But okay. what I wanted to ask you as someone, uh, you know, you said there were meetings in here, and I've, I've said this when I'm asked by people who want to know sort of what goes on at daytime. So many fans have ideas of, of what characters they want to see and what storylines they want to put forward, but yet they see that they're not being done on the show. And I'm wondering, is there something, since you've been on the, on the inside of, of this, is there something that the fans don't know about how the soaps are put together? Because it seems to a lot of people, and it certainly seems to me at least, that I refuse to believe that people who are making these decisions are clueless or dumb or anything like that. Uh, so the only explanation is that there's something that goes on that we just don't know about as fans that makes them drive the decisions the way they do. Well, what I am told is that, you know, the powers that be, everybody has their own agendas. And, you know, everybody has friends and everybody has people they want to feature and everybody has certain, you know, things they want to see on the air. So a lot of it is controlled now. You know, a lot of um, head writers don't have the same kind of... The shows are written differently. The shows used to be written from the head writer's heart. The head writer had control. They sat down. They mapped out a story. They used to call it the Bible. Uh, the story, you know, for six months to a year ahead. That doesn't happen anymore. A lot of what happens on a lot of the shows are dictated by focus groups, network, a budget. We have this much. This person gets X amount of dollars, so they have to work, you know, this many days a week. This person is cheaper, and so we're going we're gonna to write them in a storyline because we're trying to save money right now. A lot of it has to do with that. Um, it's, it's changed a lot in that focus groups, you know, they're, they're a good thing, but they don't, they don't always work because what they do is then they just ask, only, they only ask the questions that they want the, to be answered in the focus groups. It's like when you said earlier, you know, going to ask a question, do you ask a question when you, unless you want to really hear the answer? Mm-hmm. But they don't ask really 
the overview of what the audience wants to see. They ask specifically, you know, should we see more of the character that they've decided they want to put on? <laughs> hmm. So, you know, I, I guess that's a kind of a long-winded answer to um, the audience you know, can always have something to say and react to what's going on in the show, but sometimes, you know, their opinion isn't really asked for. The chats, the online stuff, that's kind of all set up and it's controlled. I was going to say, speaking of opinions that aren't asked for, but that wouldn't be a good segue. My mom is back. <laughs> Hi, Mom. <laughs> good, Barbara. Hi. Glad you're back. Yeah, I don't, I was listening and all of a sudden, bingo, it went uh, dead. We heard you click. Um, I, I think we have maybe three minutes or so left. So let's try to get in much in that three minutes. Is, is there anything that, uh, that we haven't talked about for either of you that uh, you want to make sure we get in here? I'm having a good time just as is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you, this is for both of you, uh, not necessarily from the inside, but from the uh, looking on the outside. Do you feel that if you tune into an episode of a soap that you see someone with whom you can identify or who you think, that's my story. I'll start with you, Mom. <sighs> you know, not necessarily a specific name, but when you watch the soaps, is, do you yeah, think... I would say at times. At times. And Jackie? You, you, I want to understand the question better. You're saying, sure. do I, is there a certain person that I identify with on, is it, on a know, show? Are there characters or stories where you feel that that's speaking to you, that that's something that you can identify with in terms oh, yeah. of understanding? Well, it's why I, I watched soaps from the time I was a little girl with my mother, and it's why I loved them, because I would watch them and I would feel like those people were part of my family, you know, even though they were on TV. I feel <laughs> I knew them, and I'd watch them every day, and I, I felt like I knew them emotionally, and I was connected to them. So absolutely, yes. Yeah. And, and you know, after playing Bobby for over thirty years, and Lana McLean for two and a half years before that, and who knows what my next you know role will be if if I if I stay in daytime. I mean, Elizabeth uh, Stevens will be interesting on the Bay to see where that goes. But you know, as an actress, I always feel like I'm sort of like the sister of the character. You know, it's like a family member. You know the person so well. Hmm. That's interesting. And I want to before we run out of time too. And I said I will post this on Subcentral. Of course, I will. One more time, Jackie. The dates that you will be. I guess they were in April at the Westin Bonaventure. What were those dates again for everybody out there? Oh, God. All right. Yeah. Um, April <laughs> uh, 8th, which is a Friday, and April 9th. April 8th and April 9th. And it's uh, the Romantic Times Book Convention. So if you just go on the Internet and punch in, you know, Romantic Times Book Convention, you'll, it'll all come up. Well, I don't know if this qualifies today as a romantic time, but it was certainly an enjoyable time having both of you on here for the little happy birthday celebration extravaganza on Soap Central Live. So, Mom, thank you for being a part of it. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And, Jackie, of course, thank you. Uh, I'm going to extend the invitation again to come back next year, but if you want to come back in the interim, just give me a call and we'll make that happen, too. Oh, Dan, thank you so much. And, Barbara, I'm so happy to meet you by phone. I think you're fabulous. Oh, thank you. It was nice meeting you, too. Thank you. For those you. of you out there who may have missed any part of today's show or you may just want to hear the madness one more time, you can head over to SoapCentral.com slash radio for all sorts of listening options for this and every other edition of Soap Central Live. I think this is episode number 62 or so. So tune, me, tune in next week. One Life to Live star Hillary B. Smith will be here. 
And that'll be our next edition of Soap Central Live. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.